has, uh, has changed some stuff. There's, there's some stuff that now, now that we got COVID going on, that uh, I, just, I just don't know if we're going to go back to it the way we used to. Like, I don't, I don't know if me and the kids are going to be going to an indoor water park anytime soon. Just, I, don't, I, 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 I think that's going to change up a little bit. I just don't know if I'm going to be at, you know, Little Caesars Arena for a three-hour concert with somebody's knees in my back and we all just singing right on each other's necks. I just don't, I, I, I don't know if that's happening anytime soon. At some point, we're going we gonna to do that. But there's one thing that happens, like, most often in my, like, earlier lifetime that would take place on Sundays that I'm, that I'm just missing right now. I know it's supposed to be worship, and, and, and I was a kid, teenager. I know it was supposed to be singing at church and kicking it with everybody, but, but I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just tell on myself. The, the thing I loved most on Sundays was every now and then my mom or dad after church would be like, come on, get in the car, we going to Old Country Buffet. And for, for, for y'all that don't know what Old Country Buffet is, it's this, this spot where, where food is bountiful. For some reason, when you go to a restaurant and you order, you get like a regular plate and you be like, okay, I'm good. Like I had my meal. I got my one plate. I sat down. I'm cool. But at Old Country Buffet, no, you got about nine plates. Because they had a whole slew of, of sides, a whole slew of drinks. A dude, the only person there that was actually handing out food was a dude with the meats, asking you which type of meat you wanted. Whole slew of desserts. And it was, it was at this place that you got a chance to delight in whatever aspect of food you wanted to. And if I was real sad, somehow my plate had way more desserts. Get me up and going a little bit. You know, and, and so you could adjust it and each person's plate was different and it kind of connected to, to them. As we've been diving in God's word, we've been in the book of Psalms since May. This book has been an amazing book of worship for us. And it's, it's somewhat similar to the buffet style of dining. See, the book of Psalms isn't just one category that hits your heart. It actually has six different categories that help you to be able to engage with God. The book of Psalms is all about worship. Psalms are songs written so that we can worship God. And so there are six different ones. And those of you that are here, you have a handout. On your handout is this uh, description that we have of the different types of psalms. And these, this is what we're going to be going through today. And those of you at home, you can see here we have listed a, 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 a Acrostic, no, it's not an acrostic, but it is a, a poetic style of memorizing the different types of psalms. You see here it says the praise him. And if you need one, raise your hand because these are the scriptures that they're going to be bringing to you. This is what we're going to be going through today. So, amen. We got praise hymns. 
You got songs of confidence and songs of trust. You have psalms of thanksgiving, psalms of lament, psalms of wisdom, and songs of kingship or covenant. And so we've been blessed to be able to go through each of these different categories throughout the months since May. And today I kind of want to summarize all of them. I want to bring it all because today we're going to end our time of studying the Psalms. Yes, we may go back to the Psalms at some point and be able to worship Jesus and celebrate them. But we've been in a series and we're going to bring the series to a close today. So if you would turn with me to our first Psalm, a Psalm of praise, turn with me to Psalms chapter 34, verses 1 through 3. Let's get you a healthy help and a praise. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together. Let us exalt his name together. It says that, that in that verse one, I will bless the Lord at all times. It's a, a, a phrase that, that we don't really have a, a word for in English. So actually, it's a bunch of words put together that means uh, let us exalt. It means that, that, that at all times, there's never a time where you shouldn't be able, where I shouldn't be able to praise God. It's like saying in every situation, regardless of what you find yourself in. You got folks that'll that'll buy a brand new car and weeks later get into an accident. And as they step back away from their brand new car wrecked, they look at the car and start crying. But it's not tears of sadness because their brand new car is wrecked. It's actually tears of joy because they are so grateful that their life was spared. You see, it is it is praise that God is saying it don't matter what situation you in. It don't matter what time we always have an opportunity to praise. But what are we praising? We're praising God. We're boasting in him. We're boasting in the one who has created all things. This term uh, hallelujah comes from that that connection to boasting where we praise the Lord. We celebrate Who he is and we do this ourselves, verse one. But then we do this in community and that's why it says, and let us exalt his name together. Sometime when something's so good, you can't keep it to yourself. You can't keep it to yourself. I I sometimes will uh, step into my kitchen and and my wife or my daughter lately uh, has been cooking like bacon stuff, you know, like making muffins and cookies. And it's amazing how like she'll make the cookies. And for some reason, they won't let me keep all the cookies to myself. They start telling everybody the cookies is done. Come get the cookies. Cookies is done. It's like when, when, when you have something that is worth like celebrating and praising Yeah, you do it by yourself, but you also share that with other people, with community. And so God says to us one form of this 
beautiful psalm that I've given you to be able to learn how to worship is praise. But sometimes praise cannot just be in an environment that is positive and joyful. Continue with me to our second psalm, the song of confidence. Psalm 16, verse 1 through 2. It says, preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Preserve me, O Lord. That means to to protect me, God, to watch over you, to make sure that you are safe. Preserve me, Lord. We see that 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 David at times was saying these and he had some crazy environments where he needed to be protected. Sometimes where where Saul was ready to come after him with a javelin or was sending people to his house to kill him and his wife snuck him out the back window. Like these are the type of environments that David is writing from and he's saying a psalm of confidence is one where you're going through something that's challenging but you still know God is going to get you through. A psalm of confidence is one where you just, you're feeling it. You, you're being challenged a bit, but you know that God is going is to get you through. I have a, a good friend that's in Detroit, and uh, I know that COVID has run through our communities and had a, a devastating effect, kind of like these bees is trying to have on me right now. I see y'all out there looking like y'all worshiping, y'all worshiping. No, y'all swatting the bees. (laughs) But my friend told me that his his sister-in-law, his brother's wife, sat in the hospital for four months fighting COVID. Came out, came home. They had a great celebration party. Everybody drove by the house honking and celebrating. But what's it like sometime when, when you know... That you're being challenged mentally, emotionally, even physically, but you're trusting in God to, to see you through. And so there's a, a psalm of praise, a song of confidence that we need sometimes when we're being challenged. But then there's a psalm of thanksgiving, one where we show gratitude and appreciation. Look with me in Psalm chapter 66. Now look at verses 2 and 5. Psalm 66, verses 2 and 5 says, Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Verse 5, come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man. Shouting is is situational. I shared that during another time of preaching this series uh, there are certain situations that you find yourself in where, where you would shout. Because shouting is an expression that means that you've reached a boiling point. It's been, it's been getting down, and now it has come to a point where you're ready to shout out. I, I, I know I got couples in the room and some good friends in the room, and uh, you know how sometimes you're you, 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 you in a, a, a disagreement with your spouse? And then it moves from disagreement to debate. And it moves from debate to argument. And it gets from argument to shouting. 
So sometimes it just moves like that because it's reached that boiling point where it just comes out. And, and, and instead of anger being the motivation, instead of being right or wanting to harm someone else with their words, God is saying, can my action, can you recalling something that I've done in your life, be motivation for you to shout out? Can it reach a boiling point where you just say, God, you are so great. Look what you have done. That's why he says in verse five, come see what God has done. I'm not just shouting just to just to just to praise and to get my hands going. I want you to see what he has done in my life. And so we look back over our history. We look back over what God has done. We look back at his faithfulness. And he's like, I think you've got a reason to be thankful. And I ask you, when was the, the last time that you shouted? When was the last time that God did something shout worthy in your life? But, 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 Pastor, that's not my personality. Like, can't I be expressive without shouting? Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not a formula. Shout, therefore, you are religious, or shout, therefore, you are faithful. But is there anything that he's just done that's been that good that sometimes like the filter of keeping your personality or the filter by which we operate in is just shattered and all you know to do is just say hallelujah all you know to do is just shout all you know to do is say you are good you're faithful you're amazing and my tone I couldn't just keep in sometimes we ought to make sports jealous of the way we shout out God because he's been that good. I got to a point when I was writing this and trying to prepare and study and pray. I felt this like tension of like performing for y'all, but having this overflowing thing because I started thinking about our our daughter, our beautiful daughter, Ava. And I'm like, that's shout worthy. But I don't want to shout because y'all expected me to shout. But you know what? I don't care because I'm, I'm, it's not about being a pastor. It's about me knowing that God brought this beautiful daughter into our lives this year. And it's all an example of him. And so that's one of many examples why I could be up here shouting. Got parents that are still here, and, and I've been honored to walk with some, some folks in our church and other places who say, man, I just, who are mourning the loss and grieving the loss of people that they love. Like, we have reasons to see God doing things in our lives and in history, and we want to be like, come, come and see what this God has done. Come and see the salvation that I've been able to experience and the ways made me whole. Come, come and see. But if shouting expresses our joy, then lament expresses our pain. Hear the definition of lament that our brother Jonathan wrote when he preached on this topic. He said, lament is a prayerful expression of anguish and hope that softens our callous hearts 
and steadies our shaken souls. It is a stubborn insistence that things cannot remain this way. A holy anger that it is put to speech and a grief that produces a hunger and thirst for righteousness. It is to our pain what thanksgiving is to our joy. And that's why Psalm 130 says, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Other versions say it differently. There's a version that I don't use quite often, but I bumped across it this week, and it's called the easy-to-read version. I say, oh, that's, that's, that's down to earth right there. The easy-to-read version says, Lord, I'm in deep trouble, so I'm calling to you for help. Keep it simple and plain. I'm in deep trouble. I'm calling to you for help. I, I, I lament has been a, a, I've had a healthy help, healthy helping of the, of lament during this past six or seven months. I still think of a, of a phrase that someone said when we were talking about Ahmad Arbery, a brother who went for a, a, a jog, and someone said, like, hey, well, why couldn't he have just stopped and talked to them? Why couldn't he have just stopped and worked it out? And see, I, that, that brings a sense of lament in my heart because what is associated with that type of statement is, is a, 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 a white power to those people in the sense that if I go for a run and you want to stop me, it's your prerogative. But it's my prerogative to ignore you. It's my prerogative to choose not to engage with you. I should have the freedom to choose whether I want to stop and talk and that shouldn't cost me my life. So when some people assume that, that they have the right to step in my life or step in another person's life or step in a person's life of color and say this is how you should behave it breaks my heart and it leads me to say Lord how long will we have these different experiences as people who you've created all in your image but yet some somehow see me a little bit different how long Lord and so this lament is something that we do, not complaining to God, not believing that he can't do something. Actually, it's the total opposite. It's knowing that a God who loves us dearly will intervene, but we know the timeline we don't understand. So I say how long, not how long in the sense of, God, what you've been doing, you tripping, but no, God. I've been waiting and it's painful, but I know you're still going to come through. But I know that you will step into this. I know that my, my ancestors have been praying this same prayer, but you still are going to come through and I believe you and I trust you. We've had to have a, a healthy dose of lament. And if you don't lament at times, I don't care what it is. It, it, uh, you got a new baby. Some lament going on while you ain't getting no sleep. 
You a newlywed. Uh, come on. You move in a new house with new people. You got a new roommate. At some point, you have some experiences in your life where things ain't going perfectly. And, and God is the one we cry out to and say, Lord, how long? But, but God wants our response not to be impulsive. He doesn't want when we lament and we struggle and this, this heart stuff is, is weighing on us. He doesn't want us to be impulsive and respond based on our emotions. He wants us to respond with wisdom. And that's why we see wisdom psalms like Psalm 37. Turn there with me. Psalm 37 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in any way, in his way, or over the man who carries out evil devices. Wait patiently for him. Waiting patiently is is tough because we want to respond with an action that moves things forward. There's a situation, we like, oh, cool, let me go into problem-solving mode. But see, we have a jacked-up understanding of waiting. Waiting does not mean you are copying out and not doing something. Waiting does not mean you are lazy always. Sometimes your waiting is lazy and you need to act. But, but in this case, waiting does not mean lazy. Waiting means that we depend on the Lord and we will not respond just on our emotions, but we will respond based on the leading of God's word and God's spirit. So sometimes you're ready to get into a situation and you're ready to go and God says, see, I ain't even got to say it. Because you already know, he said, be still. Or sometimes he got, he got a couple other words for me. Shut up. Sorry. Be quiet. <laughs> you know? Some, sometimes it's just, it's, just, it's just that raw and it's that real. And, and, and in that time of be quiet, depend on me. Trust me. Don't look, don't look to them. Because they're doing evil and getting ahead. Don't look over here because they seem to be prospering. Trust me. And that's always the challenge because we think in our time of waiting, other things are happening that we're missing out on. That there's other things that we should be doing and we should be. But, but I could just do. Wait. Don't look to them. Don't look to them. I, I, I mentioned our, our beautiful daughter earlier, and uh, the Lord just brought this back to me. When we were um, waiting uh, to, to receive our, our amazing daughter, to be blessed with her, uh, I got impatient. And so I said to my wife, we're working with an agency that we love, and they're amazing, but maybe we should look at a couple other agencies. And, and I start trying to, like, move and push. And, and let's, let's start trying to, like, get our names into these other hats, too. And da 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 Because we, we've been waiting for a while. And she just was wise enough to be like, no, let's, let's just wait. 
Let's just let's just trust. Let's just trust God. But but another couple that was black that we knew they 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 they, they, they was blessed with their kid like right away. So so maybe I should be and I'm looking at their timeline. I'm looking at this timeline. I'm look and wait. Trust me. I'm I'm in the background working things out. And now I can't imagine he's so faithful, y'all. You see, you have reasons to shout about this amazing God and the ways that he's designed us to be able to worship. If you pause and look at your life, there's some ways that he said, wait. And in that period of waiting, he blessed you. He came through for you. He showed up and showed out for you. And so I'm thankful that he gives us these different ways to worship him because we're not all the same. Sometimes I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm lamenting and I'm sad today because of some brokenness in the world. And other days I come in with the biggest cheesy smile that you have ever seen. Excited, praising. So we have praises of hymns, songs of trust and confidence, thanksgiving, laments, wisdom where God wants us to respond in the way that he would. Y'all remember the bracelets. What would Jesus do? He wants us to have that mindset constantly as we worship him. And so lastly, this all falls under God's beautiful kingdom reign. His kingship and the covenant that he has with his people. Look with me, chapter 93, verse 1 and 2. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The Lord reigns. He reigns. That's that's why lament is something that's worshipful. You see, lament by itself without God's kingdom reign is actually sadness. Because we end up complaining about what we see, but nothing ever changes. And we just feel the weight of despair. But see, we can look out and see a broken world. And because God reigns, we can say, and yet because this is broken, Lord, we know you can fix it. We know that you can bring forth change. And that can happen in our world and that can happen in us. Because the Psalms is to help us worship God, but it's also to help us change who we are. And so these songs that we are singing are for us. His kingdom reign is in the world and also is in us. And so we can become more patient. We can become more wise. We can become more disciplined. We can become more faithful. We can become more worshipful. This God reigns. There's uh, something that used to happen back, back in the day. If you, if you go 
and, and you do like Bible searches online, each chapter of each book of the Bible has an abbreviation. You know, you want to search Genesis, you put G-E-N. You want to search uh, Proverbs, you put P-R-O. You want to search Psalms, you put P-S-A. And P-S-A's also stands for Public Service Announcements. Now, some of y'all are too young to know what public service announcements are. And so I'm, 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 I'm like sharing my, my uh, age a little bit here because I, I made this hair gray. I, I put the gray on there. It, it, it's dark, but I just I like to look a little older. Um, <laughs> but but P, PSAs were these, these messages of public interest that would be shared and it would help like the public attitude and the public behavior and work towards a social good. So there's, there was a couple of PSAs that used to be out. There was this dude named uh, Smokey the Bear. Anybody remember Smokey the Bear? Come on. Smokey the Bear used to come on and, you know, hey, kids, make sure you put on a fire. You know, like, like Smokey the Bear would, like, have these things to, like, help you learn about protecting and caring for God's earth. And then there was, there was they, they roped a, a PSA into my favorite cartoon, G.I. Joe. And they would, like, teach you a little something at the end and say, and knowing's half the battle, go tough. You know, like, like there was these, these statements that would come out to help you understand healthy ways of living that was good for everyone. You see, the Lord reigning is, is this clear truth that there's a healthy way of living that's above us all, that is underneath God's sovereign control. And this, this deserves a public service announcement where, where God is saying, do it my way so that there could be a, a social flourishing here on earth. My reign is supreme over all. And so if you want to see good happen, Trust in my reign. If you want to see flourishing happen, if you want to see communities restored, if you want to see things become healthier, trust and believe in my reign. But notice, he says, robed in majesty. I, I love that, that we get this beautiful image of a God who is strong and mighty and it, but that's paired with us sometimes feeling like we're in deep waters, calling out to him. But see, no matter how much Satan is winning, or seems like he's winning, the Lord reigns. That every day you have something to be thankful for, and that's a reminder that the Lord reigns. That a, a sign of the Lord reigning is him being in control and that, and that he has conquered the biggest threat that there ever was to us, which is death. Conquered death. And that's a reminder that the Lord reigns. Because he reigns, he, he, he took death, conquered it on the cross, and, and, and substituted pain for joy. He took, he took on the sin that we should have taken and said, I will exchange death for life. It's an example of him reigning. 
He didn't just die, though. He rose again to demonstrate the extent of God's power and reign. You see, the Psalms give us an arsenal of ways to worship. It gives us this, this beautiful display. If, if eating at the buffet really wasn't your thing, the reason why we named this uh, a soundtrack of godly living is because each of these songs connect with different ways that you can worship. And sometimes you're in a worshipful mood that's a little more chill, a little bit more lamenting. But sometimes you're in a worship mood that's a little bit more praise and you're ready to get it. And God is saying, baby, I love the diversity of your heart and I'm giving you many ways to come worship me. Now, which will you choose? Now, which will you choose? And that's ultimately the question that we all have to wrestle with. Which will you choose? Because some would be here today, connected at home, and choose to enjoy music that they call gospel as cool music, but not use it as a tool to go deeper in God. Got people that'll get up in the morning, come to church, And not use the worship time as a means of going deeper in God. At some point, we all have to answer the question. How will you choose to worship? By accepting the offer that this God gives of substituting sin for life. Or rejecting the offer that he's extending you to eternal life. My prayer, our prayer is that you will see this book of Psalms as a as a toolkit for you celebrating God and getting closer with him. And we pray that you would find Macav as a place where you could do that. If today you're like to I want today to be the, the first day by which I accept this God for who he is. I want to walk with him. I don't even know about these different songs and psalms and stuff you talk about, Pastor, but I, but I want to start. Can I ask everyone that's present just to bow your head, please? If you are a person that wants to submit your life to Christ, just simply raise your hand and say, Lord, I want to submit to you. I don't fully understand what that means, but I know that you love me. I've sinned against you. You've died to conquer my sin. And now I can live free from the bonds, from, from the, free from the chains of sin. I want to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen.